Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fight. I am one of your hosts, David. And I'm the other one of your hosts, Heidi. Heidi. <laughs> now, if, you're new, if you're new to Light the Fight, uh, we talk about feelings, parenting, just any close personal family type relationships. Uh, that's what we do here. We get deep, we laugh, we laugh at what Heidi says, because let's just face it, <laughs> she says some really funny things sometimes. We acknowledge yeah, the crap. That's what we do. We acknowledge <laughs> okay. the things so that every, we did wrong. Say, come on, looking right at your shirt. You got to talk about it. What are you wearing? Yeah. <laughs> she gave, okay. You're very creative. This is funny. <laughs> I love this. You can sell a lot of those. You can sell a lot of those. So we're doing this over Zoom because it's we're still pandemic you know, at least till what, November 4th, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> but on my sweatshirt, I have, it says, bless this mess. And David was like, oh, where'd you get that? And he said, well, I made, I, I made it. He says, oh, you selling those? Because <laughs> he wanted one. <laughs> I do want one. I want one. I, I, I would need to get like, I need to get like a, a wife beater version of it. Like remember those well, little tank tops, those little old, those little old tank tops, <laughs> skin tight. Put here's on there. what we know. Here's what we know for sure. We know that David does not have a cricket and he doesn't have any iron on vinyl. And he doesn't yeah. have an easy press, and so he, and can't, he definitely can't. Up. And he definitely can't beat his wife, so I can't wear a wife beater. <laughs> I'm not physically <laughs> no, capable of beating my wife. No. That's for sure. That's for sure. So anyway, so, yeah, I do. I need all the blessings that I can get right now. Well, I thought that was funny, hilarious. I just thought you'd share it with the listeners. <laughs> so as always, before we get started on the podcast, just want to give a short and quick shout out to our sponsor, One Eight Hundred Contacts, because they rock and they care about their community and especially care about helping us spread our message. So thanks again. And probably if you have teenagers or your teenagers are starting to become adults, you probably need glasses. <laughs> 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 have you seen those memes wondering. that are out there? Have you seen those memes that are like, if you had a crush on, and it will show like one of the guys from the Breakfast Club or you know something like that, and, yeah, yeah. and they're like, yeah, you probably need calcium pills or something like that, <laughs> and or That's it will funny. say if, if you were your if you wore these jeans or if these shoes were in your closet, you probably need. Geritol or something. Geritol. <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't even know if Geritol is still out there. But if Geritol, well, I'm sure it's still out there. I mean, I don't think they would just stop selling it for no reason. That was pretty popular, no, wasn't it? <laughs> I I don't. I mean, you know, here's the thing: is that if you, there is a reason that God gave us so much energy and so much better, like body strength when we have little kids and then just started taking it away, slowing us down <laughs> as they got older. <laughs> as they got older. So <laughs> 
funny story, you guys, real true story about me. We live in Utah and we have this thing here in Utah called Lagoon. And it's, it's kind of ghetto, kind of bougie as, <laughs> as uh, David would say, it, it's, it's been around for a real long time. And so it's got this old, really gross stuff, like this one lake that yeah. is just so disgusting. But then it has like these super cool, really new rides that are state of the art. And so it's just a little bit of everything. My whole entire life, you guys, I have loved Lagoon. I love roller coasters. I like to go upside down. I like to go fast. I like to get there when it opens. I like to shut the place down. And um, I like to get the souvenir cup for the for the Slurpees, for the Icy's in the morning. So I can just get a refill every hour. So anyway, I just love Lagoon. Today, like, yeah. I went and like the rides made me feel sick. What, what, what is that even about? Like I had to sit out of a couple rides. I, I and my kids told me it's because I'm old, so that was offensive. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm gonna have to like I don't know. I'm gonna have to like take some vitamins see if take i can work up yeah so i can get back on the lagoon train so i can keep <laughs> up with the kids oh, I, too I, funny. I don't know it was interesting you know my favorite thing the other thing so here's the bonus that you have if you're sitting out of the rides is that you get to people watch some of the yes. very best people watching in oh all yeah the amusement parks lagoon. great people watching 100%. You know, we've talked about this before. If you're a longtime listener, you've heard us talk about being at the beach and the people watching and the relationship evaluating that you can do at, at the beach because you're kind of sitting there, you're in one place and you're observing like these other, like these little micro relationships around you, right? And you're kind of like, oh, that was rude. Oh, they seem really cute. Oh, that. You know, going downhill fast you know what so you're like kind of sitting back i'm so glad you're saying this because so many so many people do that but i'm so glad you're admitting you do that continue i'm loving it <laughs> um but i had in my people watching and i was evaluating people's parenting because it is really interesting and you know i'm so evolved david in my parenting i know you are so I'm really in a place where I can like sit on the lifeguard tower. Of you can just start saving people, <laughs> giving it, giving them yeah, best life advice, so on and so forth. But I witnessed two things that really like made me want to go and give this one lady a card for the podcast. Um, and then conversely, witnessed something with this one guy, this dad, and I wanted to go and give him like an honorable Praise. mention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be like, are you actually a listener? <laughs> because he did this so good. And it, and I bring it up because I think that it's worth a conversation today. So it's not a question and it's not even my fault, even though it's <laughs> something that I feel like I, I need this reminder for actually for myself. All right. Well, let's um, let's hear it. I'm, now you got me all curious. Okay. So, if 
if you're one of the lucky few who have been to one of our workshops, we start out our workshop by sharing how modest we video. are and how humble we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, we refer to we refer to David's all-time hero. Yeah. Jocko Willink. Yeah. We actually haven't talked about Jocko in a while. No, we haven't. Um now, just a teeny bit. That, well, actually, David, give a little bit of background on that particular video. You know what I'm talking about, right? The clown one. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, we're, one where he talks about where he picks up everything. Nope. No. The one. The... the one where he talks about. Okay, I'll have to tell it. Yeah, you tell it. And then you have to correct me. You have to correct me okay. if I say it wrong. Okay. So Jocko is like. I, I don't know what his military rank is. High commander in He's the military. A former, former Navy SEAL commander. And um, he has a TED Talk. It's totally worth listening to. But it, well, he probably has a couple of TED Talks, actually. He's really amazing to listen to. But he talks about um, how important it is not to look not to wear your emotions on your sleeve, not to show, like if you are freaking out, if you are mad, not to look like you're mad, not to look like you're angry. And we share that in our um, workshop in this sense when we talk about how important body language is. So we're going to get into that. That was a little preview. But so I'm at the lagoon and so we're in this situation where like it's the pandemic and so they've limited the number of people. And so you're actually seeing the same families over and over. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a little bit <laughs> it's, it's almost awkward. And there was this one family, it had a lot of dynamics going on and um, kid probably 10 years old got lost. And I happened to be sitting out, not going on the bumper cars because I don't even like the bumper cars. Even if I was like not old, I don't like them. So I'm watching this mom. She's encountered her son. She's found him. And she looks at him with the, like this look of you idiot. And then I hear her. She actually calls him an idiot and tells him how stupid he is for not paying attention and for running off. And, the look on her face of just disdain, just disgust that she had for this kid, her son, broke my heart. And I'm watching him, and he was yeah, kind of was trying his to body plead language. His, yeah. He was at first he was kind of trying to plead, plead his case, like trying to tell her what had happened, and she was like you're such an idiot. I, I just remember that. Like, it, it just broke my heart. And he just, like, his shoulders slumped over and he just hung his head and everybody in this party kind of started walking and he stayed about 10 feet back. He just felt awful. Um, He'd been called out in front of the whole group and um, it was hard for me to watch. It made me super sad. 
so now we fast forward to the very end and we're waiting for Capri and her little cousin Chloe to do that sky flyer thing that's like you have to even pay extra for is this 70 bucks isn't enough you have to pay extra to do this <laughs> sky flyer thing that I got suckered into and really close right behind me I rec I see a dad find his son who's been lost and the son is super upset probably around the same age maybe just a little bit younger and the kid is immediately again trying to plead his case like he's afraid that his dad's going to be mad at him and his dad turns around and grabs him by both shoulders and he says look at me and he says i'm glad you're okay it's okay you're okay and he said and then he said look at me again and he said remember what we're supposed to do if you get lost stay where you are and then he just kind of put his shoulder put his arm around him and he said it's all right let's just try to remember that i'm i'm just glad that i'm glad everything's okay let's go catch up with you know mom they're you know whatever they were they were worried and couldn't find him and whatever and he walks off with his arm around the kid. The thing that I thought was interesting and so good that this father did was he said, look at my face. Because he knew that in his face, he was going to be able to say with his face, I love you and it's okay and trust me. And, and I want you to hear what I'm going to say to you. And he didn't have this, like, I'm scared. He almost died. I mean, it's Lagoon. It's not like he, they were never going to find him, right? And it wasn't, it wasn't a super, super dangerous situation. But as I, as I saw those two experiences, and I thought about that, that video that Jocko does, and he just talks about how important it is to not scare people by wearing your fear on your face. Yeah. Um, and so, David, I kind of want you to share what, what you've shared with me before, because this was a big lesson that you taught me early on, and what I'm sure you've taught many families, and what you've taught in our workshops, just about that kind of body language and facial dynamic when you're when there's a tense situation well um the, the example that i always like to start off and and use with people is tell them about an experience that i had <clears throat> when i went to uh, american samoa to meet my um there's a side of my mom's family who i'd never met before her grandfather because of some family issues and family feuds, I was really never given permission to go meet these people. Finally, I was given permission and I went out there. And as you know, Samoan people are not small. Like some of the biggest people on the earth, very large people. And in Samoa, they do this thing where, let's say there's, there's two women that are standing there talking. And I have to walk by them. And I could easily just kind of walk in front of them and, and just push them out of the way or whatever, not push them out of the way, but just kind of do my thing. But they have a very important thing that's called, you say, too low. 
you so a big Samoan guy would bow himself, look upwards at the two ladies, and say too low, and lower his. He would hunch his shoulders, hunch his body, and go really slow by them and under them, and slow his posture. So he was the most least threat on the entire planet. His posture, his posture shows no threat. His 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 eyes are low. His head is low. His language is soft. He's moving really slowly, and he says too low. And I remember I asked my grandfather, you know. And what's up with that? You know, and he explained to me, you know, obviously it's respect for men and women and stuff like that. I said, really? How'd that come about? And in his interpretation, he said, he goes, well, the Samoan men are such big people and we respect our women so much. But when a big person gets mad and angry, he does not know how much bigger he gets. And a six foot man turns into a six, six foot man to yeah. a, a wife or a child. Right. And I, I never forgot that. And I really appreciated that experience because I never thought to actually have a gesture. The culture had came up with a, a solution to make people feel safe and secure by lowering yourself and politely walking through them. And I was like, man, like that, that, was, that was such a great way to show how much body language can make people feel safe and secure because the opposite of it is also true. The reason why that works is because when people get angry and upset, they become large. They become enraged. They, they look as if they're unreasonable and can't be dealt with. And if in that case with that mom and that, um, and that boy that you know, was lost, it feels personal. It feels as if you didn't make a mistake, but you're actually the mistake. Now, I know this mom, you know, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure she was just, you know, she had her moment. And, well, and she's you know, probably I, scared and scared. You know, that's she, fear, right? Yeah, all those things. She was we mad, know, right? Right. I do know that later on, she felt bad about that. She, you know, she doesn't. That's not how she wants to like treat her child. But like you said, she's scared. You know, what have you? And so that body language in her mind, the mom could check her gut and her stomach, be like, "Well, I didn't mean to intimidate him or to make it seem personal." A lot of times we don't mean to posture on people, to stick our chest out them. Problem is, is in our in, in our world, strength is has always been something that had to be respected. If there's a big strong person and they come to the room and they want your lunch, whatever it's like, or whatever it may be, wants them from you. You know, the old days you had to respect if someone else's army was stronger than you, if a person was bigger than you, and they could physically, you know, have their way with you when it, before before it was more civilized, right? So we still have this natural thing inside of us that we don't want to disappoint our parents, but we also, when we get scared, when we get fearful, um, I'm talking about we, as I'm speaking as if I'm a child. So when kids get fearful, when they get scared, our anger and our frustration now compiles onto that and validates that something's wrong with them. So they're not really sure if they're bad or they did something bad, but now they go, Oh, now I have the confirmation. I'm bad. I'm bad, right? Yep. And the reality is, when we're mad and when we're having that rush of emotion, be out of wanting to protect our child, you know, or maybe wanting to, like, from a safety standpoint, even you know, not not even just a curfew or, mm-hmm. a, or an F on the test or whatever, but like, yeah. we, we don't run into the bathroom and look in the mirror to see what we look like. And so we don't actually have the opportunity 
to see that expression on our face. To know how scary and intimidating and uncomfortable and untrusting <laughs> or <laughs> self con self condemning yeah. that expression is we actually yeah. know what we look like when we're smiling yeah look at our instagram photos we know what we <laughs> right right we we actually know what we look like when um when we're even like curious and and even when we're just like giving having a conversation we know what that looks like too but it's not very often that we're looking at that rage in the mirror and yeah. um i think that like we could chuckle because those of us who are married think about your spouse's rage face <laughs> and we know right we know what that what that looks like because we all have a rage face but something changes you know as as your kids get to a place where they're a little bit older um there's different experiences and if you started changing your rage face when something goes wrong to a calm face or a curious face or a conversational face, then they're going to be like, wait a second, why aren't you getting mad at me? Which I think kind of falls in that category of making them curious. Well, yeah. And, and the reason why you can say that with such a surety is because you've tried this. It was be all those all those statements, all those things that, that we've talked about in the podcast where that you gotta make, you know, better statements. You can't be like walking into a situation like, What's going on? How come you guys do this? Who knocked over this? You can't just you can't just start off. So we'll, we'll pause for a second. Did I lose you? No. Okay, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, what was I just saying now? My very last thing. You were saying the statements and that it's something that I've had to oh, work yeah. on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll say it again. Okay. That's something that you've worked on quite a bit is making those statements. If you come in guns blazing with questions, it sounds like, who spilt this mess? How many times have I told you what the heck is going on here? Bye. And you could just fire off 12 questions before anyone has a second to answer even one. Oh, and I can. <laughs> I know. I'm sure. In fact, Patty, I think you could do more than 12. I think you'd break. I think you'd do more than 12. 12 is just the average mom. You're above average, honey. And so, but so when, you come you. In, when you come in, think about it. Oh, you're holding guns and they're shooting questions. It feels like interrogation. It really does. It feels so much like interrogation. And so if you're a parent coming at it with your body language intense, your posture intense, everything about you, all the signals are going off into your child. Woo, 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 woo. Mom's in code red, code red, right? Or dad's in code right. red. All those things, all those things that are happening at that moment, they're uploading that as data. And guess what we're doing? We're teaching our kids how to handle stressful situations. But the problem is we're not teaching them the lesson they want, we want them to learn. 
and we're not we're also teaching them that they can't trust us in a difficult situation yeah, exactly because you think about it if if someone comes to you and every time they come to you and they've made a mistake or disappoint you or frustrated you you pop your top and you lose your cool you ask them 50 questions and interrogate them you're probably gonna get the snub from them. They're probably gonna say note to self. I don't know if I want to talk to that. Person. Do not talk to that person yeah. about anything that is hard or serious or scary or uncomfortable or problematic. It, it tells them, okay, we're gonna lie from now on, and we're gonna cover up all of our tracks so that we don't have to have that experience. You know, this reminds me, Heidi, what you said. There's one mother, um, one of our seminars, she came and she, I can't remember the whole entire context, but she was saying, it's like, she was saying, I was trying these statement things and I was trying to change my body language, but my kids don't buy it and they don't believe it. She's really shy and make a long story short, she said something along the lines where she said like, <laughs> like I think her son would, would come home and she'd be like all happy and saying, I would like to know how your day is today. If you'd like to tell me, like she's doing all the cookie cutter stuff that we teach on Light the Fight. How do you use statements instead of you know badgering them with a bunch of questions? And this mom was so shy. This mom was sitting there, and I was trying to tell her, okay, you have to like really sell it with your body language. Well, that was the problem. She couldn't sell it with her body language. She said, if you'd like to talk to me, I'd really like you. You know, I'd really like to talk to you. But she was like cowering and like squinting and like with this like she was like wishing as she was saying the statement if you'd really like to talk to me it was so pleading her body language as she and i discussed this she realized she was so fearful that she didn't look confident her kids were like if they did have a bad day she did not look like a person that could handle it she had to figure out that her body language had to be as brave as the statement she was saying which is why I think you call it drop the mic. Because yeah. if a if a musician is out there and they don't like drop the mic, like kind of slither it down the side of their leg and like drop it quietly, <laughs> you know? No, they put it out yeah. there like with this force and, and yeah. drop it with that confidence of, you it's know, come statement. at me. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that confidence, not at not being like a mean, bold statement, but just a like, we've graduated to this level well and 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 that was cool that's that, what actually sorry Heidi. <laughs> no go ahead that was cool that's actually what she did she finally started to muster up the courage and she walked up to her son one time she goes i'm just going to admit to you i'm really nervous i'm really insecure around you right now because you haven't talked to me all week long i know something's bothering you and i feel like i'm a, i'm doing a bad job as a mom and if you think I'm a bad mom, I'm going to stand here. I'd rather you tell me that I'm a bad mom and scream and yell at me than for us to have this awkward silence because I love you too much. And she started crying. And he was like, he hugged her. He apologized. There's a bunch of stuff that was going on. Point is, she realized when she was cowering saying, would you like to talk every now and then? He was not going to talk to her. But she had to stand her ground, stand there and said, I am worried about you. I feel so insecure. I feel like I did something bad to you. And he didn't know his mom was feeling that way. He didn't realize that she had all going on, but instead of her trying, instead of her feeling weak and trying to pretend to be strong, she was like, I'm going to use that weakness, that fear, and I'm just going to state it. I'm just going to own it. I'm scared of you, son. You intimidate me. I don't like to feel this way around you. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling awkward, whatever it may be. So she found her strength 
and stating her most vulnerable things and things about her that she was insecure about. But she didn't state him like hoping that her son would feel bad for her. She stated him as like, hey, I get it. You don't want to talk to me. By the way, this mom, you know, struggled a lot of depression, right? Son struggling as well. He's like, who are you to tell me what to do? You, you haven't figured it out. So right. it's just, it's good to see parents realize that their body language can really be the icing on the cake. If you're saying the right things and your body language is conveying the same message, now they can buy what you're selling. Right. And unfortunately, it goes language. both ways. It goes both ways. If you're really pissed off and you're really angry and your body language pissed off, they go, okay, I get it now. I'm the problem. It, exactly. And I think when we talk about body language, there's just the body language, like the folded arms, the hand on the hips, you know, the that position of power. And we're talking about the facial expressions. Um, and I mean, I, I guess it all just, it goes back to don't freak out, which you got, you well, know, you, we I'll all know guys, that that's the ultimate. <laughs> My guys, ultimate, uh, yes. If you guys want, I'll give you guys, um, I'm assuming you guys want, if you're listening to this, I'll give you a couple of uh, the characters that I tell parents to practice these emotions. If you ever take an acting, you have to practice certain emotions, sadness, this, you're trying to, you're trying to over-exaggerate those emotions so that other people can see it. That's why I believe I'm so over the top when I talk. Because I'm extending, hoping that someone's going to get it, you know, <laughs> right? Oh, so, um, that's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, I just like to, also now, I just like to talk a lot. Jeez. What was I saying now, Heidi? Now you totally threw me off. Okay, you're, you're giving us a list. You're giving us a list Okay, the tools. The tools. Okay, the tools. Okay. <laughs> the first one Heidi's already mentioned. It's curious. Okay. Try to act out curious in, not like, in your facial, curious. not sarcastic, curious, like really you're interested. Think of what a curious person looks like. They're looking down, they're, they're bewildered, they're wondering, they're, they're imagining, they're, they're focusing on an idea that might be something, right? And so when you watch a curious person, you want to convey curiosity when you're talking to your kids. So if you're trying to, if your kid's giving you a bunch of, you know what, a bunch of BS to some story that they made up about why they were late last night, instead of sitting there putting your hands on your head and go, hip and go, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. Instead of sitting there like nodding and you're just waiting for your turn to jump in and say something to them, you're just giving them a chance to dig, in a, dig deep enough hole to bury themselves. <laughs> like, I'll just keep on going. You're going to lie yourself into this one. Instead, you look curious as if you're really trying to follow their story, understand where they're coming from. So curiosity is one. Understanding is the next one. If you're curious, if you're curious and you're searching for understanding, you're going along. You're, you're being agreeable. You're not, you know, stuck on anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're late. So your phone died and no one else had a phone. Okay. Yeah, I, I know it's COVID. You don't want to touch other people's phones. I get it. Yeah, I understand. Like, you know, you just kind of like, it's like, yeah, so I, I'm not, why couldn't you borrow someone else's phone? Well, I don't want to touch their phones because COVID. Okay. So you'll Germs. make out with your boyfriend. You'll make out your boyfriend, but you won't touch his phone. Got it, right? I've heard, I've heard everything in, in, in counseling sessions, right? And so I'm sitting here laughing, looking at the kid, and, and she's like, she's like, what, that wasn't a good excuse? But no, that wasn't a good excuse. <laughs> um, so so curious, cur show curious, show understanding, caring, right? Got to show empathy. That's a really good role to play while you're trying to help calm down. Because if your body language is showing empathy, compassion, curiosity, it calms down the storm. 
you still have to give a consequence. See, there's nowhere in the parenting handbook that says you have to be mad while you're disciplining and consequences have to feel very personal to prove a point to them. That's just old parenting. Old school style of parenting was the shame-based parenting. It's like, we have to make this a point, so we got to make this sting. It's got to be personal because that's how you kept your kids alive when the world was really dangerous. Right. Like you really had to drill it in. Now our world is so much more softer and padded, softer in the sense that it's easier to live, right? We're not as endangered as much as they used to be hundreds of years ago. So that's a good one. Another one, another one that, that I really like is I like to use laughter. When someone's talking, not 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 uh, criticizing like type laughter, not mocking not them, making not fun sarcasm, them. not making fun of them. If they say something like, like, man, like my friend, she ditched me tonight, and it's like, she ditched you? Like, what? It's like, ooh, I bet you didn't like that, did you? You can you can antagonize their story. Not antagonize, but kind of encourage it. If you're if you're a member of their story, if you're kind of adding to what they're saying, that means you're buying and you're buying and you're buying. And then when it's all said and done, you go, okay. And just want to let you know, you're still going to be grounded. But I really like it. Man, that, that sounds like it was a really unfortunate night. I'm just glad you got home safely. Mic drop, walk away. I think that you kind of have to pick the role that is the most believable. Like, for example, yeah. Eric, my husband, so good at getting that laughter. Like, things can be so tense, and he just gets a laugh. Tell you what, what I do not have that gift. And so I'm much, much better at the compassion. I, I'm yeah. really not even good at curiosity yet. I I would like to be. Yeah, but, your, your curiosity, I've seen you do it sometimes. It looks like you're angry. <laughs> I can't, really? That's you look like, like you're mad. Your curiosity's like, like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, I got it. I, I think it's that eyebrow. I think it's that sort Explain it to me again. You know, it's I, your I'm a real sarcastic eyebrow. It's your sarcastic yeah. eyebrow that makes it not look curious. <laughs> I'm not good at curiosity, but I, but I, I'm constantly working on it. But all joking aside, Heidi, like you, you figured out which one. Like this, actually, I can play off. Your kids buy it. You're not being disingenuous. You're saying I'm going to show genuine, you know, concern and compassion for what they're going through. And when it's all said and done, and they're still going to have to pick up their trash, do whatever they had to do. But it doesn't have to be a personal thing. You can be per you can be personally supporting of them and professionally, since you're running a family business now, Heidi, professionally, you're going to have to still give them consequences. You know, and, and I just want to throw in this kind of as we wrap this up, but I, I just want to throw in, you know, a lot of us have these knee-jerk reactions that are not ideal, that don't have great facial expressions that don't that that we aren't thinking we're responding uh, we're re reacting and not responding is what's happening i have had to learn to go in for that second chance and apologize so yeah. as we're learning to get better at the at the facial expression the body language and this and these emotions that we want to convey while we're not perfect, while because it's kind of a, a a real steep on the learning curve for some yeah. <laughs> case, my case in point. But if if we have messed up, take advantage of the opportunity to go in and admit it. You know that mom that I saw today. <clears throat> that little boy was so sad, and five, ten, fifteen minutes, an hour later, 
she still had a window where she could go back, put her arms around and say, you know what? I really overreacted. I was worried about you. I, I didn't handle it right. I'm so sorry. I love you. I hope you'll forgive me. That little boy would have absolutely wanted to, to forgive her and, and to put that behind them. There, there comes a time, obviously, that if we damage that relationship too much, it's going to take a lot longer to get the forgiveness to happen. But that's, I mean, (laughs) this podcast, there are episodes where I've shared that second chance many a time. And I'm still the one going into the bedroom after, after the, after it's been a, a hot conversation and just really having to admit that I didn't handle something. So it's never too late and everything is not lost. If, if that does happen, take advantage of a a chance to make it right. And really where else are our kids supposed to learn how to deal with difficult situations, failures, having to apologize, having to, you know, make up for mistakes. We expect our kids to show up and behave this way, but they're the new ones learning. We have to just do it. You can tell your kids that you're blue in the face what you want them to do, but you get them involved and say, hey, watch how I handle this situation. Even if you screwed up, if you come back and you apologize and you don't make a habit of it, well, then that's a lesson in and of itself. Hey, even mom or dad, you know, the big honchos in the family business, they can have some, you know, shortcomings, fall apart, have their issues, and they can come back and they can ask for forgiveness. Just like they basically model for them to do the exact same thing that you that you're doing, not just the same things you're telling them to do. Like you're saying, hey, watch what I'm doing and do that too. And granted, you know, obviously it goes without saying, no one's going to be 100% accurate at this, but you'll feel when you're making progress with this. You'll see that there's an even level of mutual respect. Your, your kids will, regardless of what age they are, even if they're stubborn, they don't say anything, it will soften a lot of conversations in your household by bringing the right body language and facial expressions to the issue. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's something just to move up on the things that you're thinking about this week. To those of you who are listening, just kind of put it on your mental to-do list. What is my facial expression saying? What is my body language saying? Because us as moms, we're feeling a lot of emotions. I think especially right now with all that's going on in our world, we're carrying a lot of it. Ask yourself how you look, how that is translating to your approachability, um, and make a conscious effort you know, to, to soften the edges, I would say that's, that's probably a goal that I have. <laughs> <laughs> just softening the edges. Huh? Is that what we're going to call it? Just, just kind of, you know, just rounding. That's right. Rounding the edges? Somewhere. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, as always, Heidi, this has been a great conversation with you. Appreciate your time. Well, love talking, I love talking, love talking on these podcasts with you. I I know, and it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of things that we've talked about, and and we just have to keep on reminding and keep on kind of leveling up. 
And the more that we talk about it, the more we talk about situations, the better we're going to get. And that's what this podcast is about, is creating change in ourselves as parents so that we can, number one, improve the relationship with our kids and those around us. Number two, model behavior so that we can save the pain so that we can improve that next generation, you know? So to all of you who are listening, you guys, thank you for being here. David, thank you for always being willing to, to talk, (laughs) to talk to me and to share. Um, I love your story about the Samoan culture and I'll tell you what I love. I love the Polynesian culture. I love the people. I love the warmth and the friendliness and those hugs. But man, you get those guys on a rugby field and there is some <laughs> fear. <laughs> there is some there, fear. And so <laughs> there's some there's some good big Simone rugby players, that's for sure. Heck yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you um, want them on your team. You don't you want, want to mess with them. That's right. That's right. You want them on your team. <laughs> oh man. You guys, so thank you for listening. Thank you for um making those small changes in your lives in your families it makes a difference your efforts worth it and thank you for helping us to light the fight